Hi everyone, welcome to Fix The Whale Podcast. My name's Sam Avery and I'm here with my wonderful co-host Katie Tracy. Yo guys. <laughs> Getting more streets every week, I, Kate. I try, I try. I'm down with the kids. You've got to be, haven't you, these days? Mm. Uh, what Top we... Marks and Spencer, you get me, bro. <laughs> we say M&S in the hood, baby. <laughs> so uh, this is the podcast where we fix a topic every week and uh, this week we're going to be fixing work nights out. Work nights out. Yeah, with the Christmas season. Do they uh, need fixing? Coming. Do they need fixing? Do they need binning? Do they need banning? Find out in a bit, because uh, we'll get to that in a second. But what's going on in your world, Kate? Right this minute. <laughs> Apart from breaking the mic. Right this minute, I'm just gonna. I'm just trying to fix me. Yeah, fix yeah. the mic. Fix, fix the, the whale. Fix the mic. Fix the mic. If you build it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> you know that song? We'll just uh, wreck the mic by Ant and Deck. Yeah. We should have been on the B side fixing the mic. Or we could have just been in the recording studio, smashing the recording studio up, so it was never made. <laughs> Do you like Ant and Deck? Um, I don't like dislike them, but with <laughs> as with anybody who is tiny but famous, and so you, they people get overexposed to definitely. the extent where you're just like, I am sick of this prick's face. Yeah, definitely. I mean, people get overexposed who aren't even famous nowadays, don't no. they? Just people who are just post on social media too much <laughs> like oh for fuck's sake not him again i just want them to be more real like they can't like all the celebrities they have on their show mm. but they have to act like they do yeah if i was watching the jungle with them on i'd love them like i don't know billy from eastenders and they go oh well billy we have to do shit in this task because neither of us like yeah i'd prefer that that level of honesty yeah we were at a party, a showbiz do with you a few years ago, Billy, and um, you didn't hold the door open for deck, so therefore both of us now think you're a prick. Pissed all over the toilet in the ivy. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever, like, held any grudges against people for, like, long periods for pretty much, you know... Small indiscretions, because I have. I, I hold a grudge. Tell me yours. I'm trying to work on it, because I don't think it's healthy to hold grudges for things that are, are clearly, uh, you know, don't I'm matter. rubbish at falling out of people or having a cob on for very long. That's a good quality. I can't bear tension. No. I don't like tension. I just avoid that person. But there's people who there's people who I used to there's someone I used to work with and we had this like friendly greeting to each other. And then we started talking to each other. And then every time we walked past each other we'd sort of say hello and stuff and it was quite kinda nice. And then he just stopped saying hello. And then and then it was like he just started ignoring me. Um, so I decided to just, like, hate him forever. <laughs> well, it's weird. I'm a, I'm a great one for changing my mind and admitting when I'm wrong. That's good. And I had a terrible grudge against Damon Holmes. Oh, right. What did he do to wrong you? Just seemed like a prick to me. And then the more I've watched him on stuff, I think he is probably one of the few people who will be honest about and tongue-in-cheek, whether you like it or not, not in a Piers Morgan way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was happy to change your mind about him. Yeah. And Davina. The, generally celebrities, not real people. Just, no. Real people you, you seem to like very much. Mm. It's just the celebrities, but then, you know, a lot of them are very annoying. Even people who have known in my life who've wronged me, I forgive them. <laughs> I love using the phrase wronged, wronged me. Wronged, yeah. You have wronged me. It's, it's, it's a little bit more dramatic than you upset me once. Yeah. I'll go, I'll never forget that time you wronged me. You wronged me when I asked for two sugars and you gave me three. <laughs> or you gave me one, but you're trying to imply I was fat. <laughs> like, if I have an argument with Mick, I, we 
wait, I can't, I can't be one of the, I can't, I've never been one of the people who can like give someone the silent treatments for weeks and weeks and weeks. No. I don't know. And I know people who can do that. And I really admire that level mm. of commitment. But I'm, I think ultimately I'm too lazy to be it's any kind of judge. Yeah. More, it's more effort in it to like, yeah, put like tension into a situation that doesn't need it. You just, yeah. you know, just crack on. Life's too short, isn't it? Yeah. You've got to, you know, you've got to just like buy guns, be buy guns and, you know, move on with things. Otherwise, yeah. you, just, you just eat you up, don't you? It does. You can't let it eat you up. No. Um, I'd love to. I'd love to write, like a really, uh, like, just make it up completely, like, like a self help book that is completely, um, full of shit, basically. Because I think there's a like market. most of them. Yeah, I think there's a market for it. I think there's a market for just saying things with confidence, big platitudes that don't really mean anything. But you know, you know what can give you that that level of confidence? Drink. Drink. Yeah. You say all kinds of shit you don't mean when you're drunk. <laughs> I love you. Stuff like that. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, I was telling me kids the other day, actually, because they were asking me about fake love. What's fake love? Why are they Daddy? asking me about fake love? What? I don't know. Maybe it's because... What are you learning in school? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Today, we're going to do fake love. We're going to teach you the diff- how to spot real love and fake love, six-year-olds. Because <laughs> it's important for you. Your development. Now, just watch this quick documentary hosted by Mr. Tumble. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, kids. My wife doesn't love me. Um, I didn't know how to answer the question because I was, I was the same as you. I was like, well, what, what, what? Like, who, who's talking about fake love? And so I just said, well, I think, I think, I don't even know what fake love is. I said, I said, I think fake love is when someone says they love someone but they don't mean it. And then I was very quick to say, but I don't say that to you because when I say that to you, I mean it because I don't want my kids thinking. Maybe he doesn't mean it. But then I told them... That's a deep question to be asked by a six-year-old. Yeah, yeah. They're getting to that point now where they're just coming out with some stuff and you're like, not prepared. Why do people drink? Yeah, because of you. Can't say that, can you? (laughs) (laughs) Not in a bad way. But uh, I just ended up saying, well, sometimes people say they love you and you feel obliged to say it back. But, uh, But I don't think you should say it back if you don't love them back. And then I told them about a girl telling me she loved me once and I didn't love her. So I just went, oh, thanks. You told them that story? Yeah. Wow. And as I was telling it, I thought, this doesn't make any sense to no. them. But I, I suppose... But at least you're giving them that background that if someone says it to him, to, to them, they mm. don't have to say it back. They don't have to say it back. And that was... So whatever I say to me kids, I always then try and make it look like I'm giving them a big life lesson and try and give them a big model, like conclusion at the end yeah and the way I, I spun that particular drivel on that day with the wind blowing in that direction was i went and that's why you should never lie where, where you've gone <laughs> you, you just got to stop giving your kids the time of day for things like that when yeah. we were kids if i'd have gone home and said to my mum what's fake love <laughs> she'd have gone are you in or you're out because if you're in you're not going back out and i'd go forget it i'm going to play out <laughs> conversation <laughs> over and sh- yeah, there's something to be said for just telling kids that, ah, oh, you're too young for that, or I'm yeah. not talking about that, or... I think we're all, we all will, from now, a perspective where it, we should answer all questions honestly, and I I, would, I'm, I don't buy into that. No, no, you got to lie, you got to lie, haven't you, certain well, times. 
I'm a, I'm a fine one for lying to children. <laughs> well, you are. I've done it all my life. You could write a book about that, actually. Just a little <laughs> coffee table book people could buy the, yeah. the kids for Christmas. Mm. Shite I Told My Kid <laughs> yeah. by Casey Tracy. That would be a wonderful book and I you know. could have little illustrations. You Still know. waiting for me Falklands War memoirs to come out. <laughs> well, that book's got to come out first, hasn't it? Then the book about you being in Pepsi and Shirley. And the one about winning Olympic bronze in Moscow 80 when I was six. Yeah, but you, you, were, you, <laughs> you were so good. And to put you in the team. That's yeah. the beauty of lying. If you're going to lie to kids, don't make it a really unbelievable lie. Don't say I won gold medal. That's something people will go, oh my God. Mm. If you go won bronze, they go, oh, she didn't win. Yeah, that's believable, isn't it? There was a lad in our school who used to lie about everything. He used to he used to say like, and he'd lie, and then we'd remember all the details, and then ask him again, and he'd make up. You know, the details would be slightly yeah. different. So we there just, was always kids like that in our school. Yeah, he said he found that his dad found a parrot in the park, and it was like a really rare breed. So uh, he took it home and looked after it for a few days, nursed it back to health, and then his dad sold it on the black market for eight grand. Well, here's a true story. <laughs> My granddad had a license to import wild animals. Did he? Yeah. Was it real? Like it was a real, real no, really. How did he get that? So he he, were, he was in the Merchant Navy. Oh, right. And um, a lot of people did it in those days. This is like in the 60s, 50s and 60s. And um, so he'd just like bring monkeys and parrots home and that. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. Remember when he was in hospital before he died and, and his brother was there and he was telling us this story about, because he was the youngest, my Uncle Tony, and he said, uh, so we went away to sea and then he came home and he walked up the path opened the door and there was just a monkey sitting on his shoulder <laughs> and he said we were like and he said and he just went um mind that monkey i'm going for the bath and he, he passed him the monkey and went upstairs and then the <coughs> monkey was crying after him hanging on the door handle because oh. he missed him because it had been in the cabin with my granddad all, all the way back from wherever south america mom. and um and then he came down already and went right i'm going to the pub I gave you some money to mind the monkey. And he said the monkey cried all night after him. <laughs> and then the next day, he like took us to... Because do you remember... You might not remember this. When, when I was a kid, if you went to Southport, there was always like some weird man with a camera and a monkey, a yellow monkey. Oh, I don't remember and that. you could get your picture taken with the monkey on your shoulder. Could you? And it was one of those kinds of monkeys. And yeah. he just took us to Southport and sold it to some photographer. Oh. And we always had parrots, which he imported. Well, oh. he'd never imported, he just bring he them. He just with brought them. them back. So his, his cabin was like Doctor Doolittle coming yeah, it home. Sounds like it. <laughs> yeah, I did have a monkey crying though, because someone's gone to the pub. It's just like tragic, isn't it? <laughs> little monkey. But he friend. cried when he sold them to that guy in Southport, <laughs> didn't he? Not Southport, no. please. It was when he started doing it with his own kids. <laughs> <laughs> just sold them some fella in Blackpool. Just some fella with a Mac. So tell everybody what we do, Sam. We fix stuff. As if we you f- don't know by now. In fact, fixing didn't find us. We found fixing. I've said that wrong, haven't we? This is. <laughs> we. I think we need like a, 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 a. I'm always on about catchphrases, but I think we need like a, you know, like a calling card line that people say, you know, like at the beginning of like a seventies. Answers on show. a postcard, please. Yeah, maybe we could do a competition one day. But anyway, let's not get into that right now. Um, we're here to fix a different thing each week. This week we're going to be fixing work nights out. One of my favourite things ever. Are we going to have a work night out this year? We oh, should do. we've got to. We should do, like a Christmas Christmas yeah. do. Just um, the two of us. Just the two of us. Bitching about each other behind each other's back. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hate working with her. She's always there with her bloody ideas. <laughs> Shite. Uh, yeah, so work, work nights out. I've not been on a work night out in a, in a while because I've not worked in an office for a while. But, <clears throat> and, and, and I'm... 
generally self-employed, so going out on a yeah. wait night out now would be very, very strange. The Liverpool comedy <clears> circuit <throat> used to have a Christmas night out. They haven't had one for a couple of years. Yeah, but you unless know what? they have, and I wasn't. I don't, but yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, I, I, I still go. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, I don't think I ever went to that because it was always in January, wasn't it? It was. Well, I went, there was a couple in December. I don't know if I think there was one in January, but I didn't go to that one. But the ones in it was always on a Sunday night because that was like historically yeah. like a quiet night for comedy, and the ones I went to. It was just carnage. Start off nice, everyone's in the Christmas jumper, in good spirits. <laughs> and then by the end of the night, people are just falling off the chairs and going straight to sleep on the floor. and <laughs> Karate chopping yeah. wood. Yeah, but they, well, it's got to get out of hand. It's not really a, a wet night out, is it? Especially no. at Christmas. And and even like through the year, you know, you, you want these things to be absolute bedlam, don't you? Yeah, what's the worst night Christmas or the best? The worst and the best is usually the same night. They're the same thing, aren't they? I think... Um, when I worked in, I used to work in a pensions company about 18 years ago, and we had a work night out, and it was one of those jobs where nobody liked working there. Yeah. Like it, was no, it wasn't a nice atmosphere. It was just a terrible job. The bosses didn't, like, reward you. They didn't give you any, like, you weren't allowed to eat your lunch at your desk, you know. You couldn't have a packet of crisps at your desk. I'm not allowed to do that in my Are job. you not? Right, okay, well, you don't want to get yourself into trouble. But, um... Depends how you eat your crisps, doesn't it? Some people, if you're pouring it from the bag, I mean, I yeah. can see that. Drinking them. Drinking them like a That's yeah, how like you know you're in class when you drink your crumbs. And we went out and it was, it wasn't free drinks, but it was like, it was one of them where there was like several work nights out in the same venue. Oh, so so yeah. that was interesting anyway. People were getting pissed. And then this one lad who'd been lovely all year stood on the table and pulled his kex down. And... I mean, that's a way it moment. A, it was a, it was a total way moment, and we all laughed. And some of us were clapping because at the time it felt like he was doing something that you know needed to be done. But uh, the bosses weren't very happy, and then he didn't come in the next week. This was on a Friday night. He didn't come in till I think the Wednesday. He said he was ill. And then he came in and he got sacked. Oh, so that was probably the best slash worst one I've been to, or certainly the most incident packed one. I'll tell you what happens in one of ours. I'm not going to say. Can't say anything that would identify the person or company, but <laughs> I worked in this company and just before Christmas this lad started and he was just like a normal lad and he was dead quiet, it seemed, and whatever. And we had this Christmas night out, we used to go to the same place every year. We had this Christmas night out and there was a karaoke and he hadn't come on the Christmas night out because he'd only just started in the place and he didn't know anybody. And um he turned up about 10 o'clock, half caught, been out with his own mates and went and just stood by the fella who did the karaoke because he didn't really know anybody. And then he pointed at one of the directors and went to the karaoke fella. And she's like an older lady, like, and I mean, lady, lady. And he, he went to the karaoke fella's here and he went, yeah, and he went, I'm shocked. <laughs> Is this on what? the mic? No, just oh. to the karaoke fella on to one side. But what he didn't realise was... The director, who was the lady, lady was actually from like by ours, and the karaoke fella was what one of her brothers. Oh no! And he went, "That's my sister, lad." Oh, and he was like, no. and he just like made a sharp exit, and we were like, <laughs> "Oh my god, imagine!" He was like, "There's no way he's coming back into the office." But to his credit, he came he in came and he in. fronted it. He sent an email to everyone, publicly apologising, and that was the end of that. And, and to be fair, the lady in question was just like. Everyone gets drunk and does stupid stuff. True. She was sound about it. And I did shag him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fair play. 
He wasn't lying. But uh, that that was that was a good one. That's just yeah, people embarrassing themselves and doing the wrong thing. It's just that easy to do, isn't it? Because you're cooped up in this like work environment where you've got to act in a certain way and be prim and proper, and just slowly that that valve gets released and. Just well, you spend more time if you work full time. You spend more time with the people in work than you do with your family mm. sometimes, and you grow close. But it's like um, it's like Stockholm syndrome. It's like they become like your family. So some days you love them, and some days you hate them. Yeah. And depending on how much you have to drink, that can spill over into bad arguments and murder. <laughs> and then the next day you or, feel terrible or, or passionate love making. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> On the photocopier. There was one last we worked with years and years ago. I think we all like necked him at some point. <laughs> and yeah, like, because he, he was, but he was like our like friends and yeah. all. He was just, you know, the best looking lad of the bunch. So yeah. we, I think we all had a little turn on him. Yeah, have a little go. Only club necking, by club the way. Club necking, yeah. Not. We didn't pass him round like a. <laughs> like a piece of sex meat. Sex toy. Like a sex sausage. No. Um. Yeah, there's, I've worked in a few places where there's been like uh, a lad or a girl where everyone everyone fancies them, and it's like for both sexes, it's it's often the case of like big fish in a small pond because like anywhere else, no one would really look at them, but because everyone else just kind of looks a bit troll like. Yeah, this person. There was like, a lad like that in our office, and it, he he probably just there was a lot of like ex students. You know, when you go into your first job, and there's a lot of ex students who do a degree and like. Economics and then go. Oh, I can't get a job in economics. I'll go and work in a call center. Loads of them. And yeah. so there was loads, but they were still in like student mode. So they still lived in shitty houses and didn't have great hygiene and didn't <laughs> know how to iron a pair of trousers or a shirt. So then you'd have some lads who'd start and they actually did know how to wash. Yeah, and do probably a tie still, up properly. Probably still lived at home with the parents, so they had like nice clean clothes and they were like ironed by the mum. God, he's lovely, him, isn't he? And you oh, like, love the way just because he smells like Daz. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? When a new person starts, it is like it's as close as you can get to like a like a soap opera environment where yeah. it's a very the cast is very static, the situation is very static, and now and again you'll get this new character who wanders in and they'll either cause absolute murder or they'll be like the dream boat. And you can see, I remember me mate actually Chris when he started. I used to work in in a bank. Um, not West Bank. I'm not. I'm not saying it untoward here, uh, but it was a shit job. Uh, and he turned up, and he was exactly what you say. He, he lived in his mum's, but he had a lovely suit on that he bought. And it's only because he'd been doing the trolleys on Sainsbury's for, for six months, and he thought this was a proper job, and he hadn't started yet. And he turned up, and it was as if because in the big call centre environment, teen angel in Greece, it was. <laughs> it was like everything went into slow motion and soft focus. <laughs> Dream believer, and he just walked through, and all the girls were going <gasps> like pens, like Diet Coke break, basically. Um, and then uh, it turned out I had a long term girlfriend, and he wasn't interested, and they all lost interest. Oh. But uh, but I became his mate platonically, Platon- never well, necked him, nice. not even club decking. But it was funny just when he turned up, you know, just yeah, like this big stud. In my first job, I was in a different place to all my mates, so. Like, I had, I had a, a young son, so I wasn't really, like, out there the way they were. So I always I always ended up getting all the goss off that, like, being friend zones. Oh, but wanting to be friend zones and getting yeah. all the goss. And so I was, like, just watching. Yeah. Because also I was a bad lightweight, so I'd get drunk by about 9 o'clock and go, I'm going home, I'm going to 
<laughs> There's always one girl though, isn't there, in like the night out who's yeah. the one who gets pissed and cries in the corner. Yeah, over always. something that happened like twenty years ago. Yeah. Or something that like a, a boy they fancied or or a friend they've got has has not sat next to them or yeah. some some minor indiscretion, but but like that, one minute, they're the ones who are like one minute on the table, on the pole, mm-hmm. life and soul. Next minute. <laughs> it's like the whole crime with the whole entire body. And you're just like, <laughs> and everyone's like going, well, I'm not going over. You go, I don't, I went over last time. I barely know her. Yeah. I'm not even in her team. Yeah. But I do, I, do, I love a, I love a work night. And it gets better when you get older because everyone's past that like. Yeah. No one's copping off. Behavior. No one's copping no off. Everyone's just, everyone's just happy to be everyone's out. Everyone's just happy drink. to be out and moan about yeah. the, the life. I've, I've had some, yeah, I've, I've been on some really, really good ones as well, but it's just been like that dead nice atmosphere. But that thing about like, you get this sometimes when it's not a wait night out, it's just a normal night out. Some people, you don't, some drinks don't work with some people. Oh, yeah. So like, I've got a friend who is the most amazing laugh until she has gin. And then she is like the Tasmanian devil. She's just off. She's like Phil Mitchell on gin, just like swinging at everyone and accusing people of stuff and saying some outlandish things. Otherwise, she's fine. On a wait night out, you can get sometimes where, you know, there's there's, there's only wine on the table. Oh, Sandra's not on the wine, is she? Yes, Sandra's on the wine. Why get See, that wine away from her? White wine is my, I can't. Yeah. I can't drink white wine. It's like, it's like, it's my kryptonite. It does something to you. We went up, so <laughs> we were on a work night out once, and um, well, it was like the company had been taken over by this other company, and all the new management team, all like the high, high up management team came in, who didn't really bother with those assholes usually. <laughs> um, and we got introduced to them and whatever, and they took us to this really fancy bar in town, and there was like all oh, like free wine, free free pims, whatever. It was a dead hot day. So we were all like there to like meet them and meet and greet and whatever and get to know them and sort of like a social event. And um, it was like the big glasses of white wine. Oh no. And I just, I had one and then I had another like one. Half pints then, I, within about an hour and a half, I'd had three. Oh. And I was shit faced, right? <laughs> but you know, when you're trying to hold it together and trying to, and someone comes and I go, okay, this is it, this is it, this is Mikey's. And I was like, yeah, and then my legs just I had a full glass of wine. I mean, my legs just went and like gave way, and I just landed on the floor in front of him on my knees, just I just dropped to my knees, right? And then I held my wine glass up so the wine didn't drop, but instead it like splopped out and just went <laughs> over my face, and it was dripping off the end. And they were just this management team who'd come from like Litchfield were just looking at me like they just sudden shit, and I was just like. <laughs> I mean that's a fair that's a fair assessment of me right this min. So I was like, oh my god. So we got to my feet and my mate, who was my taxi buddy as well, I was like, I'm not gonna show you. I'm just gonna go to the toilet. I'm just gonna knock on my girlfriend here. And we're in the toilet and I'm like, and she's got this piece of toilet paper and she's going, It's all right. It's fine. Once we get it, you'll be fine. I was like, my hair's stuck to my head. I look like I've been I've swilled myself, and it's half past six. I've only been out an hour and a half. I can't stay out. I've made a show. No, no, it's fine. She's stabbing me with a piece of tissue. It's, I was like, okay, I'll follow you up. She went upstairs, and I know she was my taxi buddy, but I, I was like, no. One up the stairs, just went out and just got a taxi. Just in. Went home. And oh, yeah. And after that, for the rest of the time away with them, 
I sort of could never make eye contact with this management team because I was like, I know every time they look at me, they're like, ah, that's this, the girl this, that's the who g- fell on her knees and swilled herself. That's the scum <laughs> who dropped to her knees like a peasant in front <laughs> of us at, at a time when Hollyoaks was still on. Oh it was that early God. in the day. Yeah. Jesus Christ, it's I think Home time. and Away was still on it. Oh, oh God. God. The Grange Elliot music's not even that, finished. I just, I just cringe so much. But when you start early and then you just, you know, it, it all catches up. Because most of the time, like, any kind of work do like that, people aren't used to drinking that quickly with those people. And often you're, you're drinking before you've had food. I got I got a similar level of drunk, and it was, I reckon, 10 years ago. And it was, uh, I used to host these events for the, the Chamber of Commerce in Liverpool. So every year they'd invite me to Aintree Racecourse for the, the Grand National but it was on the, the Thursday, I think it was, Liverpool Day, I think it's called. And it was in the VIP lounge. It was all free. It was all free ale. You get there at 10 o'clock. It's all free ale. Bringing it to your table. So I'm there at 10 o'clock. I'm drinking pints of Fosters. By about half 10 in the morning, I've had two pints of Fosters. I'm shit-faced already. Then it gets to lunchtime. We have a bit of food. Uh, you know, by about 4 o'clock, I've had about 12 pints of Fosters, say. Then the wine comes out. Add a bit of wine. Very drunk. Then my wife, who was with me, left to talk to some other people. And then they put bottles of whiskey on the table. I just started drinking oh, Bell's no. whiskey. It's and monkey then, whiskey as well. It smells sh- like sweaty feet. Oh, it was awful. She was, I was all right. I was pissed, but I was compassmentous when she left the table. She came back about 20 minutes later and I could not speak. I could not speak. I knew what I wanted to say, but I could not say it. It's like I had a stroke. I was going, that's the kind of drinking you can do on holiday though, oh. and you can function. Oh, it was awful. But then we got on the train, packed trains to get back into town, and she bumped into two people she used to work with. <gasps> and I was trying to go, in my head I was going, hello, my name's Sam, and I'm Rachel's husband. Trying nice to be like Rachel. bon vivant, yeah. master of ceremonies. But, and but, but what, I, what, yeah, what came out was, <laughs> and my wife actually disowned me. She was, I, I remember her saying, <laughs> I don't know who this man is. Like, I, I've never met him before. Because I was just sat on my own and just went, like Father oh. Jack. Terrible. That's the beauty of it, though. You see and see other people and everyone else gets drunk. That's fun. Yeah. Everyone's on the same level. Yeah. Um, But without waiting nights out, you wouldn't have some of those lovely bonding moments that you do get. Because they're a good one. Especially if you, you know someone who looks like they've got a smack face, like a smacked ass. Then you meet them after a couple of drinks and they've and the relaxed sounds, and you're like, yeah. oh, we could actually be friends. Also, a friend of mine met his wife on a work night. Well, knew her because yeah. we all worked together, but he, he got together with her on a work night. Like and now they've been married like yeah. 15 years and like got a little kid and all that. Yeah. That would never have happened if it wasn't for a work night out. No. I wonder sometimes how many humans would be on the planet if alcohol didn't exist. Oh. Probably about 28. Probably. Because... <laughs> for generations it's not just like babies that get conceived accidentally but it's like people don't meet without alcohol well they do but like it does lubricate society doesn't it it helps people yeah and when you work with people who you have to have a professional relationship with and then you're not in that environment with them and they get bladders and then you're like my god I didn't realise you were such a terrible parent until yeah. you had a drink in yeah. you yeah oh well there's that as well yeah, because there's the people who you go, oh, you're sound, actually. There was a guy I used to work with, he was the team leader, and he was hard work as the team leader, and he was, the, he was a bit of a dickhead. But then when it was the, the work night out, he'd have, like, 
two drinks and be completely blottoed. And he'd be coming around all of us, and we were all in our twenties, and he was in his forties. And he'd be going, "Oh, there's some sexy girls here tonight, lads!" Isn't there? <laughs> and he was—it was like he was doing the Vic Reeves like leg rub, but there was no irony there. That was just what he was doing. Look at them, look at the girls. Oh, be some shagging tonight. It's like, oh man, I was just sick of my mouth there. Like you're disgusting. And then he'd go home. He'd leave that early. He'd burn brightly and fade away. In my old job, we used to have a, a man who worked there, Dan, and he was a consult- he was like an insurance consultant. He was like fab. This Irish guy, Dan Daly, he'd been he's just what re- ready to retire, but didn't wanted to like keep his hands in. Well into his wine, and he'd be like always trying to educate us. Go, right, guys, we're going to have a wine evening. We're going to have a wine tasting. We're going to teach about wine. We're going to do a French night. Map of France going to be great. You're going to all bring a bottle of what you drink in. We're going to have a little bit of it, and then I'm going to teach about. I'm going to bring in some of my favorite wines, and we're all going to have a great time. It's going to be a million percent wonderful. And so anyway, we're like, okay. So they let us stay in the office after like after they closed, and it, we worked in India buildings at the time, so it was just a fab location. Yeah, and. Uh, so anyway, Dan's there and he's got his, we went in the kitchen and he's had his big massive map of France with little little wine bottles all over for the regions and little bits and picky bits for us. And it was, some of the lads came as well and we all had to bring a bottle of our wine. And he's going, right, right, so what, we're going to try this one first. It's a, ca- a Cabernet and I want you all to tell me what you think about it. And blah, 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 as a little drink. And I'd watch like programmes and cooking and that and I didn't know. He asked me about it. I was like, very jammy. <laughs> Getting Wellington boots. And he's like, that's great, Katie. You've got it. It's earthy. It's from the earth. That's why you... 100%. 100%. They wrote me name. Mommy mate's going, <laughs> you fucking bullshit. And I was like, that. Whatever. That's why. But we all had to bring a bottle. So we all, bring, we all thought we were dead sophisticated with our bottles of like Hardy's Crest. <laughs> and he's like, oh, yes. Not too bad. Not too bad. But that's shite. That one's shit. And me mate Claire McGovern was only about 19 at the time. And she'd gone to Bargain Booze on Anfield Road and got a three-litre bottle of Lambruschini. Oh, classic. And uh, she got that out and he was like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> Lambruschini, it's not even French. It's not even a wine. I don't know what it is, but it's shite and we're not drinking it, Claire. She's like, that, that's fine. I'll take it home again. It's like two ninety nine. on the bus. At the end of the night, all the wine had gone, oh, let's get the Lambruschini out. Oh, yeah. It was just, and we ended up like on the floor of the office at like ten o'clock at night doing oops upside your head. I do like a work party yeah. that's in work. I do like yeah, that. Yeah, they were always the good ones. Those, those those wines that you dismissed though on a fancy wine night like that, you never leave them like full. Do you? You always yeah. get around to them in the I end. I don't think there was a drop of anything left. Yeah, we had a wine tasting thing once, and uh, we we drank loads of wine, like nice wine, for about two hours, and then we went for like. Four pints of Guinness afterwards. and <laughs> So ill the next day. <laughs> Blame the Guinness. Well, Dan taught us, and I'm ready to show myself with this this fact. He said, the deeper the hole in the bottom of the wine glass, the, the better expensive. the wine is because it allows for more settlement. Yeah. So we always, me and my friends, when we buy wine, we're like, I fingered the bottle. It's a good one. <laughs> so anyway, I went to visit my mate in Australia, and she took me to uh, the Moe winery in, um, like, by Melbourne. And no the, Moe, and no show, eh? No. And it was dead fancy, and she was like, you're going to love it. And I was just like, I feel like an imposter. But it was fab. It was good. The food was gorgeous and whatever. And uh, they had this smelly going here. Uh, would you like to taste this, ladies? And I was like, what? we had these three bottles of fizzy, uh, red, fizzy, like red champagne it was. But it was it was gorgeous. Yeah. So he comes over and he says, would you like a, like another? We're like, yeah, we'll have another bottle. And I was like, and he was like proper knowledgeable. And I was like, is it true, right? Is it true, right? That the bigger the dint in the bottom of the bottle, yeah, the better the wine is. And he just went, 
No. And walked away. <laughs> and my mate was going, oh, you nubbins. Why do you have to make a show? I was asking a stupid question like that. I went, it's true. I know it's true because Dan Daly told me it was true. And he learned us about wine. And she was just like, oh. <laughs> it was like me showing myself in a wine. And he... That, that woman's talking about fingering the bottles again. That, I wouldn't have known that if I hadn't gone on a works night out. Exactly. Just like I wouldn't have known I can't do the splits or the worm <laughs> in an enclosed dance floor. <laughs> I've I've uh, attempted some radical dance moves with work nights out that I wouldn't have done normally because I've been so pissed. And we always used to end up in like flares and boogie flares nights. And the all, tube. All the, yeah, all the 70s yeah. places and just be like going full at it. There was a guy once, who, he was dead quiet in the office, and then when, whenever we went there, he turned into Freddie Mercury. He was stood up and he'd go like, Dero, 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 Dero. <laughs> and he used to get this bit of cardboard, rip it out, and like stick it in his mouth like the teeth. <laughs> and then uh, we were all saying, like, you've got to get a vest, you've got to wear a vest, you've got to, you've got to wear a vest next time. And we, we all like clubbed in and bought him a vest that he put on under his shirt. So he took it <laughs> off and he had the vest on. And then we were saying, you've got to, you've got to grow a moustache, but he wouldn't do that. So, and fair play. But that, that was good. Yeah, just all, all that kind of like craziness we had a work night out in dublin one time i worked in this it was like a accounts department and went a, a long time ago and um our job was really boring we had this really cool boss and she was just, remember when you used to get penny flights yeah we were, we were trying to plan like a night out on the saturday just all the team meeting in town and going on the island that. That easy, yes it was right it the was and um so ali just went come over and went, listen i've just been online and um there's flights to dublin this weekend for a penny so we could just go to Dublin and like stay in a youth hostel and like a dorm and whatever and go out in Dublin. So we were like, yeah, let's all do that. Yeah, It'll not? cost the same. So we all met at Liverpool Airport on the Saturday, like lunchtime. Flew to Dublin, just went on it. Like on it all day and all night. And then all of us, and we were higgledy-biggledy bunch. There was like me, um, Probably another girl who was like my age and single. Then there was Ali, who was older than us, and her husband Dave, who was some like scally from like Witness. And then there was like this other fella who was like older and married, and his his wife was a teacher, but he just loved being out. And then some of our younger friends, my mate George, came, and there, it ended up about ten of us just in this dorm in this hostel. Total motley crew. But you knew when like you go on a night out, but you all go in at the end of the night. But instead we all went back to this dorm <laughs> and we're just all in the dorm together the next morning. And we woke up the next morning like one of them was snoring and Ali and Dave were like <laughs> spooning and I woke up and I was just like, God, I'm too hungry. This, this is weird. Me and George just got up and went for a walk around uh, Dublin. It was just it was better than doing like a normal night out. Yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. We, it probably cost us the same as a night out in town as well probably, at the yeah. time because the euro was good. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I don't think it is anymore, yeah. is it? Shite. But the uh, the big the big statement went nights out like where like some companies they'll they'll hire a mansion and they'll, they'll uh, wait in one place where they, they hire the mansion and then they they got these like themed party makers or whatever they're called to come in and do a James Bond style party. Yeah. And it was, they must have spent like 50 grand on this. Meanwhile, we're all on about seven grand a year. And we're all like, fuck it, can't you just pay us more money <laughs> and jib that off and we can just go to the pub? Because we're all, we're all hating I've it. been to some of them um, themed Christmas night outs, though. They're dead good. Have you? I went to a James Bond one, Russia with Love. It was dead funny. So they were like, um, is everyone coming on the Christmas do? It's in the safari park, but it's, it's like in a... <laughs> safari park? I know. The safari park had this like big function thing. They were like, um, it's it's like a James Bond theme. It's from Russia at Love. And this girl away to it, she went, oh, I, I don't like immigrants. What? Went, what? What are you, what are you talking what? about? And she went, 
from Russia with Love. And I went, it's a James Bond film? And she went, oh, oh no, I thought you meant there were going to be Russians there. Oh, I'll go. And I was just like, fucking hell. Don't want you to go now. That's a nice little insight into yeah. your personality, Deborah. <laughs> don't like immigrants. So and and you going, you and didn't like, need to tell everyone that. There's like guys in fairy, it was proper like cliches, yeah. guys in fairy hats doing all that weird yeah. dancing and that. Yeah, yeah. But it was fun. I've tried to do that dancing. I can't do that dancing. That's very <laughs> that's, difficult. That's a young man's dance. At, at my core, is not strong enough for that whatsoever. How would you fix work nights out? Um, I would. I would just go back in time to when I wasn't as mature, <laughs> and just. But with all the hindsight that I've got now. Oh, well, that'd be a wonderful That'd be a way to fix it. Just go around people giving advice. No, don't you? Because, you know, in 12 years, you're going to be, like, divorced from them. So you could be, and, like, the guy from Quantum Leap, basically oh my, fixing all the Imagine that. The Quantum yeah. Leap guy, but just for Wakes Night Out. Just for <laughs> Imagine that episode <laughs> of Quantum Leap. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I'm in yeah. the tube. What have you got to do? Well, he's going to finger it in the toilet. You need to stop that right now because he's <laughs> going out with air. Kevin's wife's about to find out that he's... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. How would you fix them? I mean, I like the idea of the time travel thing because, to be honest, my my recollection of work nights out is probably positive in the main because I just used to, I think at a certain point in your life, before I started comedy, so Friday and Saturday night, I wasn't working. So Friday night, every week, in certain jobs, when there was a good group of us, we all hated the job. We knew none of us were going to stay there. So we didn't really care about the job. But Friday night, we were all in our 20s. We'd all finish and we'd go to this bar called Cooper's near the Liver building. And it was a pound a pint. There was always karaoke on. We'd always go for one and we'd end up staying out till midnight. And it was just it was just fantastic. So I think the way I'd fix them would be to to try and recapture some of that now. Which is difficult. Yeah, but when without you're without going in on a Monday, like everyone's knows what I did on Friday night. One time I went on a works night out and we ended up in this, this club in town. And there was a, <laughs> this is embarrassing, there's a butty shop underneath our work uh, called Bagels. And the guy who ate it, he owned it, Mario. Like we were out, we were in a bar, or we were in a, we were in a club, we were in the, a club just having a dance and that. And then it was my turn to go to the bar and I was like, I've got no money, like, I'm going to have to go to the bank. And I was dead night late and that. And I was like, I don't want to leave here and go to the bank because I'll go home. And then I spotted Mario in the corner from Bagels. And I went over and I went, man, you're here a minute. And he was like, oh, all right, what are you doing? I was like, oh, make me mates. Can I just ask you a favour? I went, just lend 20 quid till Monday and I'll give you it back. I'll come in the, in the bussy shop on Monday morning with the 20 quid. And he went, oh, yeah, that's fine. You're Give me it, right? And then I went and got the out. So like, everyone's like, oh, are you like your outfit issue? And I was pissed. Yeah. I'd never do it now, but I have done it since. Um, <laughs> and, <I had> that. <laughs> and I was like, oh, anyway, I did went to the bar and then on the Monday, I had to go, I had to slope into bagels and like all the bus, <laughs> all the girls in the bus shop were like, what? And I was like, oh, we had issue 20 quid back. Like, I felt ashamed. And it turned out Mario was a terrible loan shark. But then it happened again. A couple, about three years ago, I was in Ben and Medina with my mates and we were in this bar. We, we, then, we decided we'd gone out straight, as soon as we landed, we got changed, went straight out, decided. You know, you're half cut in the middle of the day. We don't need to go back and get changed. We look fabulous. We yeah. covered in sand. Great. Look to shit. Look like homeless people. Um, and then we ended up in this bar called Mombasa, right? And it was a dead good atmosphere. And it got to about ten o'clock, and I went like, "Listen, girls, the kit, the kitty, got no kitty left, so we're going to have to go back to the room." But I know if we go back to the room now, we'll all just go to bed. 
So I was like, I'll just go and because you go past bars and the bars like, ladies, come in, have drinks. I went, wait one minute. So I went over to the fella who was outside doing all the things. I went, listen, um, our kitties ran out and we'll have to go now to go back to our room and get more money. But instead, could we just run a tab and I'll come and pay you tomorrow? And he went, yeah, come on. Took me back in and just went to the other bar, give them whatever they want, just write it down. Sounds and then the next day I walked past and I was like, oh, I owe you money. He went, give me it, give me it later. And then later on that night, we saw him again and I went, I, and he went, sorry. Oh, because brilliant. Are not on. There's a lesson there, isn't there? Be everyone? hard face. Yeah, just be hard face, but do it in a friendly way. That's yeah. the key. I think the way I'd fix work nights out would be create some kind of like device, like maybe it's a belt or maybe it's a pill you take. Or like a cattle prod. And and that, a drone. You, you could have that a cattle prod <laughs> on a drone. That's a good fix. Sounds amazing for a lot of people. I could fix loads that of things. I fix wars. But um so no if, if your behaviour gets past a certain level of acceptability, the belt gives the image that you are actually behaving yeah. yourself. So it felt like she's starting to fancy the lad from IT yeah. with the Atari t shirt. Yeah. Let's shock her. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> oh, yeah, I nearly next him then. Thanks for that. Jesus Christ. I'm just, oh, that song's coming. I'm going to do the Russian Cossack dancing that I can't actually do. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great, wouldn't it? I'd have that for all sorts of ages, couldn't you? <laughs> um, so I, I think what we need to do with this podcast is probably team up with like an, a, an, an inventor or a developer and some of these madcap ideas we could perhaps. That'd be great. You know, is there any, what, what kinds of inventor? They just have to be one of them like, like a, mad, a cr- mad scientist. You've got to be mentally unstable, I think, first of all. And you've got to have had a lot of knockbacks in your life. Some inventors only invent one type of thing. We need a kind of somebody who's on the same page as us. We need Dr. Emma Brown from Back <laughs> to the Future who's just going to take a chance on us <laughs> yeah. and is not averse to shocking people in My the My granddad was an inventor. He invented um, Tidal Energy but he didn't patent it in time. Oh. And then we only found out when they started the Thames Barrier Power System, and he was like, I invented that. Is this one of the lies that you tell your kids? I think it's one of the lies <laughs> you told me. I come from a long line of liars, do you? Do you really, though? I'm the seventh liar of a seventh liar. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bullshit, though. You're lying to me. Uh, so we'll be fixing more stuff next week. Hey, we're going to be fixing Christmas. Yeah. That's coming up. Let us know what you'd fix about Christmas. Please do, because... Uh, Without c- spoiling the episode. Yeah. Totally, from the start. <laughs> I'd fix Christmas by just cancelling the fucker. Would you? Yeah. Oh, I'd make it longer. So that's going to be an interesting battle. Well, it will be have. fun, yeah. So uh, Let's have a heated debate. Let's have... <laughs> <laughs> um, if you want to support us, uh, or just help us out, just give us a little like or comment if you're watching on YouTube. Yeah. And if you're just listening, then uh, thank you as well. You can give us a little review on the, um, yeah. the, the the podcast platform that you are listening on. Feeling generous? Send us some scratchies. Or, yeah. Money, postal orders. Please, postal orders. Uh, bonds. Nah, any messing. We just want you to follow us yeah, and yeah. share us. Tell your friends. Like Batman says, I want you to tell your friends about me. That, that was not the Godfather. Uh, maybe it was. I always got dead too confused. Who's the one who had Robin? Batman. That was Batman, wasn't it? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine the Godfather Vito. and Robin wouldn't have been a good, it would have been a good spin off, wouldn't it? It would have been a great comedy movie. Yeah. Yikes, Godfather! Yeah. <laughs> that man's disrespected your family. <laughs> Holy Las Vegas, Michael Corleone. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, maybe we should fix films again. We're well, always on action movies, but we could fix some films, couldn't we? Yeah, another genre of films. 
But uh, so much, so much to fix. So, so much time. to fix. Who knows what's coming next? But it yeah. is going to be Christmas soon. So, uh, yeah, get to us with your fixes for that. And in the meantime, we will see you next week, folks. Oh, we're going to dress up for the Christmas episodes as well. Woohoo! You need to dress up as well. You need to dress up. Send Please. pictures. If you're listening. Yeah. Thank you very much. See you soon. All you 23 people. Yeah. <laughs> 23 viewers on, on YouTube. Everyone listens to this podcast. So what say hello to, to each and every one of you. Trying to transfer more of the listeners over to the YouTube. Now, I don't know if it's because we look the way we look. Maybe that's just not attractive to, to uh, a YouTube audience. But we know the people on YouTube are enjoying it. So, you know. Tune in, share. We're needy. We love you. Maybe we change the angle for the YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> we'll get more viewers. Ask him. <laughs> <laughs> Ask him. So, uh, anyway, enough of this. See you next week. Bye.